Welcome to Spirits of Whiskey. We explore the wide world of whiskey through the many colorful personalities who make it, promote it, write about it, and more. With each podcast, Carrie Moynihan, a certified bourbon steward and bartender, and yours truly, Philip Dobar, director of the Cocktail Collection, interview whiskey's most important names. From high-profile makers, blenders, and ambassadors, to out-of-the-way innovators and remote pioneers. Join us as we discover the people and elements that give the water of life its spirit. It is February 3rd, 2021, and you're listening to episode 32. Today, we catch up with distiller Nicole Austin and learn about what she's been working on since last we spoke. But first, stay tuned for this week's Whiskey Chronicles. On episode six of this podcast, we spoke to Nicole Austin, general manager and distiller at Cascade Hollow Distilling Company, about her whiskey journey. From testing waters in the sewers of New York City to making whiskey in Tennessee, we heard it all. In addition, we highlighted two bottled and Vaughn expressions that she created for the George Dickel brand, released in 2019 and 2020, respectively. These new whiskeys marked the beginning of the distillery's efforts to drive innovation while honoring the tradition of its most storied brand. For many years, Cascade Hollow has produced excess whiskey and sold it off to other brands that, for various reasons, source whiskey. One such brand is Barrel Craft Spirits, run by founder Joe Beatrice, whom we interviewed on episode 20. According to Joe, Barrel had planned to open its own distillery, but after investing so much time and energy blending the fantastic whiskeys they'd sourced, they determined that creating amazing limited-release blends would be more rewarding. Barrel Craft Spirits, along with numerous other distilleries, blenders, and finishers, have made delicious use of Dickel Spirits, a fact that has helped establish the Cascade Hollow Distilling Company's reputation for excellence. With all the praise that George Dickel sourced whiskeys has received, it only made sense that Cascade Hollow should introduce some premium brands that would take advantage of this new interest. Enter Cascade Moon, a new whiskey series created by distiller Nicole Austin. The series was inspired by Cascade Hollow's original Cascade Pure Whiskey, which employed the tagline, Mellow as Moonlight. The first edition of this new line was released in the fall of 2020, and the second just in time for the holidays. Not only has Nicole been busy crafting Cascade Moon since we last talked to her, she's also been working on a new George Dickel Tennessee Whiskey 15-year single barrel. While no two casks are the same, and each will vary in taste, consumers can expect a rich and complex liquid in every bottle. Additionally, this offering is available for purchase by the bottle and by the barrel. Up next, we'll get a closer look at these three whiskeys when we talk to Nicole Austin. Stay with us. The Center for Culinary Culture, home to the Cocktail Collection, has a YouTube channel, Eats, Drinks, TV. Streaming now are Cocktails, The Grand Tour, Culinary Quickies, Music and Booze with Mo, V is for Vino, and this podcast, Spirits of Whiskey, New shows coming soon include Complete Greek, Mighty Fine Wine, and Spirits of Rum, a podcast featuring personalities from the wide world of cane spirits. Find us on YouTube at Eat Drinks TV and subscribe now. The Center for Culinary Culture, telling the story of food and drink, one taste at a time. Today on Spirits of Whiskey, we have a repeat visitor. Nicole Austin is general manager and distiller at Cascade Hollow Distilling Company, makers of George Dickel, Tennessee Whiskey, and Rye. And now, a couple of other things. Nicole, how are things in Tullahoma? 
Well, I am actually not in Tennessee. What? <laughs> you know, I don't know for sure, but I can say that of my Zoom meeting with the team a few hours ago, all was well. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, that's good. Where are you speaking from? Scotland. What? Oh, my Lord. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. <laughs> so it's, you're solidly into uh, drinking hours there. It is 8.38 p.m. here. So mm-hmm. I mean, that feels fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Okay. You know, the extended happy hour. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. So are you there on business or pleasure? Pleasure. Nice. I would go there for pleasure too. I mean, it always feels like a bit of both. feels like coming home to come back here, actually. I really... Yeah. Oh, indeed. Indeed. Because you worked there with William Grant, correct? Yeah. And, you know, I've spent a fair bit of time here and I think the... Of course, like the whiskey allure is strong, but Mm -hmm. also you just, I don't know, you come to love it and it feels really nice to like come to a place and not feel like a tourist because, you know, you know where you are, how to get around and like, it's just, it's nice. It's a nice feeling. It feels like a homecoming. That's awesome. Yeah. Even if you were there for business, it's still pleasurable. Of course. That's exactly it. That's exactly it, isn't it? Because you work in whiskey. So then therefore everything would be fun. (laughs) Yes. And now with Diageo, I mentioned William Grant, so I must mention Diageo, mm-hmm. in which the uh, George Dickel line sits. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we normally talk, of course, about your whiskey journey, but we did that already. And it was a fantastic whiskey journey. So for those listeners out there who don't know Nicole's whiskey journey, please tune into our previous episode with her and learn all about that. Yeah. I do remember it began with your working the sores of New York City. I did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about an upswing, you know? <laughs> we recently talked to Sean Josephs, the former owner of... From Pinnock. Yes. Yeah. And we talked about, he was unaware that that date that you had in his restaurant bar yes. was kind of what fired this whole thing for you. So, 100%. And what an amazing bar it was. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Is this a small world or what? That's just a wonderful story. I know. And then we also talked to, wait a minute, let me pull it down. You keep coming up, Nicole. Yes, you do. (laughs) Yeah, no bad reports, no negative reviews yet, Nicole. The thing about this industry, man, is like we all really like each other, like Mm -hmm. genuinely and actually, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a nice thing. You know, we're Mm -hmm. all like, it's a fun bunch. You got to be kind of a fun bunch, right? Yeah. To make it into this industry. If we ever get a, oh, Nicole Austin, don't get me started. We'll let you know. (laughs) Yes. It's kind of like the country music crowd. Every time I work, uh, I usually, well, now I'm not doing any of that now because I usually do all these big, huge events. But every time I work, you know, these special events with the country music folks like the ACMAs and whatnot, everybody loves everybody. And it's such a difference working on that show versus like the AMAs where it's all the other music because all the other music people can be very diva, snobby, not nice. I mean, there's some that are, but it's just very interesting seeing the contrast between the country music side and everything else and how much nicer the country music people are. You know, we're out here pursuing our passion and like theoretically making at least something resembling a living doing it. Like what's to be mad about? Exactly. So speaking of pursuing things, (laughs) since last we spoke, you've put out a whole bunch of new stuff. Yeah. We have in front of us today, Cascade Moon edition number one. Cascade Moon edition number two and a George Dickel single barrel whiskey, which is a really cute little tiny label. Aged 15 years, no less. Yes. So tell us about all these different whiskeys that you've been working on since you last were here. (laughs) They told me I could do whatever I wanted. 
you know, hey, like, I don't think they were quite prepared for the pace at which I would love to do it. You know, that's that craft background, right? We move quickly and, mm-hmm. you know, no reason not to, like, keep them coming, you know. Right, right. Travel light, fleet of foot. That's right. When did you arrive at uh, Cascade Hollow? George Dickel? So I started in March of 2018. This is fast. Yeah. I spent, well, I spent a fair bit of time kind of, you know, getting my feet under me and getting to know the distillery, getting to know the whiskeys. And then I was also a bit slowed down. I had a really unfortunate horseback riding accident. Ooh. Also took me a while to kind of cover from it. My brain is not quite the same. Did you break some ribs? I broke a piece of my spine and I got a really oh. bad <gasps> Oh, God, that's worse than mine. I had a horse accident and, uh, and cracked four ribs. Out. But I would much prefer that than my spine. So, Ouch. you know, it sounds worse than it is. It wasn't like, you know, the scary part. It was just the like painful and now awkward to move around part. But I'm, I'm well recovered. But, anyways. But being an iron woman, you did not equine about it. Uh-huh. It slowed me down. But now, you know, here I am, healthy. And also, you know, obviously not traveling nearly as much, which gives me a lot of time to really focus on the whiskeys and what I want to do. And as you said, the result of having all that time to really focus on what I want to do and the energy, you know, the new releases are coming at quite a pace because I'm actually able to really spend a lot of time and effort on it. So, And we have three in front of us. And are all of these going to be just limited editions or are you going to keep trying to do them all? Yeah, good question. So the 15-year-old single barrel, you know, it's my intent to try and make that as widely available as possible. I have the incredible good fortune of actually having a fair bit of older whiskey stock at this distillery, which is so rare, you know, in American whiskey today to really possess older whiskey in quantity. Right. I'm doubly fortunate that there's a couple of factors about how we age whiskey at Cascade Hollow that really lends itself to the older whiskeys still being really lovely. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's quite common in, in American whiskey. You know, a lot of folks I've heard say, you know, that the older whiskeys are not good, right? Anything after a certain age and everyone kind of has their own, you know, is maybe not worth drinking. And it's sort of a fool's, it's a fool to purchase it. You know, I've said the same, and I'm generally inclined to agree with them, but we have a couple of advantages at Cascade Hollow. One of those is a lower entry proof for most of our whiskeys. So they go in at 115 and not 125, which mm-hmm. you know, okay. the whiskey can age longer without becoming just way over oaked. And then we also have the advantage of two different warehouse types, but all of these whiskeys came out of our single story, kind of more of a dunnage style rick house. And those things collectively, I think, really help modulate the maturation process in a way that you can get to this kind of age and just still have a lot of like diversity and complexity and interest in the whiskeys. And that's what I was sort of looking to showcase with the single barrel. You know, they're true single barrels, right? So it's the single barrels, it's genuinely what you think it is, which is one individual barrel poured into a tank and bottled on its own. And then, you know, when that is empty, you start the next one. It's not mingled, mm-hmm. which is, I think, you know, a bit unique. But as a result, there's obviously a lot of diversity. Right. And especially at that age. And I really picked the lots for that program to showcase that, right? So there wasn't a particular flavor profile. What I was going for is good and interesting. So there's a lot there, and I really am trying to make it as pretty widely available. And that said, like, there's only so much that's so it's allocated, but I'm intending to try and keep it coming, you know, not make it a limited mm-hmm. edition. Mm-hmm. The other ones are very different. Very, very different. Until these three, which all appeared in the last quarter 
of 2020. Yeah. Until these three, the only Dickel branded whiskey that had your fingerprints on it was the Bottled and Bond, correct? Yes, correct. Which we tasted in our previous episode with you. Yeah, Bottled and Bond. So I did those two releases of Bottled and Bond that have been out so far. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had done both of those. And then you can see the product of many months of work coming out kind of all at the same time. Mm-hmm. I haven't tasted these yet, but I love, well, I didn't get the second one yet. That's still in transit. So I have a sample from Philip's bottle. So I didn't see the okay. second bottle, but the first bottle is just gorgeous. I love the shape. I love like how that you have the name embossed on the side. And then I love that the label actually has a texture mm-hmm. and you can like feel some of the words. Did you have anything to do with the design of the bottle or the label? I did very much, although I say that with like the asterisks of, you know, I'm an engineer and I have like no artistic capability just whatsoever. <laughs> so the concept was that. So those other whiskeys, so the ones you're talking about is um, Cascade Moon. Yes. And that is my first kind of new brand. So not George Dickel, you know, but a new brand to come out of Cascade mm-hmm. Hollow. And the thought there, you know, of course, when, when I took the role... I'm the general manager and distiller for Cascade Hollow Distilling Company, not just for George Dickel. And, you know, the idea behind that was for them to be able to, they were trying to give me the freedom to do and create some other things. And so this is my first kind of foray down that path. And it is inspired by some history of the distillery. So, you know, this distillery used to make other brands also besides George Dickel. Mm -hmm. So there was a time when it made some other whiskeys and one of them, was called Cascade Pure Whiskey, which, you know, of course, is not a name that you can use anymore. But they had some really, I think, really interesting and elaborate ads. And they talked about it in this really, like, I don't know, mysterious and lovely way. But there are no details whatsoever about what that whiskey was actually like, (laughs) which I find very freeing because instead of being burdened trying to copy some whiskey from the late 1800s, you know, I can make it whatever I want. So we just took that as a point of inspiration. So I gave, you know, our agency, like all those old ads, you know, and talked about why I found it inspiring and then told them kind of what I envisioned for Cascade Moon as a series. So as you'll notice, right, they're called edition one and edition two, which I think hopefully helps to frame up the idea that, you know, each of these is sort of one-time releases mm-hmm. and that you know, they're meant to continue onwards. And the concept behind Cascade Moon is just to think about the future of whiskey, you know, and what could be different and start to push things forward? What are the, you know, there's special things that we have at the distillery that are not Georgical and don't fit inside of Georgical. And what can I do with those that is interesting and really like showcases what's cool about them, but also sort of pushes the idea of American whiskey, you know, forward, right? Very cool. Very cool. And so thinking about the future, like I wanted them to be really different. I wanted them to not look like anything else on the shelf. So when I hired the agency, I told them, look, I don't want this to look anything like any whiskey that's on the shelf right now. So throw out all the regular semiotics, you know, the leather and the foil and the whatever else, you know. Right. And I want it to be really artistic, really interesting and eye-catching. I take inspiration from other categories like beer and wine you know, be creative. Like, here's some art that I find interesting. Here's some of the old ads that I find interesting. Here's some of the old bottles, you know, but don't copy them. Take them as a jumping off point. 
you know, go with it. <laughs> and thankfully I had the guidance of some people who actually do have a really good eye for design, <laughs> my brand leader and the agency. And, you know, the funniest bit, Carrie, you'll laugh at this since you're looking at the bottle right now, is the only thing I said was like, just no pink. There <laughs> oh, we go. Addition number one. It's got pink. <laughs> it is pink forward. Both of these would not have been out of place in the late 60s. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a definite tie-dye cast yeah, to them. Kind of, yeah. And I love that. Yeah, it's kind of like watercolory and like, mm-hmm. yes. yeah, they're just, they're they're different, right? They don't look like whiskey. And that's what I wanted. And I, I also didn't want to put a ton of words on the label, right? So like I wanted the flavors to kind of be expressed in color, but then if you'll notice, there's like a tiny little QR code on the side. So I was just going to say, I love that Yeah, because it's also raised. So you feel it as well as see it, which is kind of cool. And then you're like, oh, hey, what's that? And this is me again, being like a silly, you know, like a silly non-packaging design person. I was like telling my agency, okay, don't want a lot of words on the label. Like I don't want people to get caught up in the description, but you know, of course, like I'm a whiskey nerd and there's always going to be those whiskey nerds out there that want to know literally everything. So we need some way that they can access that information, you know, like online from the printed label. Like, can we do that? And they're like, duh, Nicole. I think that's beautiful. I think that's a beautiful notion because if you pack all the text on there, which some brands do, it can be a real turnoff. Yeah. It's often a too long, didn't read moment. And it can turn people off of the whole experience by saying, yeah, for the geeks out there, here's your QR code, you know, go wild. Yeah. You want to know a little more about this? You know, and I'm still, we're still updating our website, but my intent is one day to get to like tables of detail, right? Like you can know anything you want to know about this whiskey if you want to know about it. So that's where I'd like to go with that. So that's the, that's the idea and thought there. That's wonderful. I'm scanning the QR code right now. <laughs> <laughs> there's a fun little video. So be careful because the audio is going to be distracting, but there's a fun little video there. Ah, uh, okay. It's cute. You're, it's, you like it. It's fun. We got creative with it. Oh, it's great. I love this. Yeah, it describes a little bit sort of the idea behind the whiskey, which was for that first one, you know, really inspired by the flavors of Goza beer. So if you're going to taste through, this is the one I would recommend starting with because it's the lightest by far. All right. I think I'll make a pour right now. There you go. The Cascade number one? Yes. Okay. Now you're in Scotland. You likely do not have these in front of you. Is that correct? I do not, but let me assure you I've spent much time with them. (laughs) (laughs) So Carrie and I are drinking alone. All right. She doesn't need to know. I mean, she doesn't need to drink it. She already knows. She's got it in the food bank memory, taste, memory thingy. Extremely. Okay. I was very paranoid about these, so I spent a lot of time. On the nose, and given the label design, I halfway expected patchouli, but that's not what I'm getting. <laughs> no. I get pink on the nose, if that <laughs> yeah. sounds... I get like a springy... A rosiness? Flowery... Like a yeah. rose bloom? Yeah. yeah, I get it's like a springtime scent. No, I'm glad that is exactly why those colors were chosen, and that's exactly how they convinced me that it did in fact need to be paid. Yay! When I gave them the tasting notes. So the concept behind the whiskey, it's quite unique, I think, in American whiskey. So the basis of this whiskey, 80% of the base blend is liquid that had been aging in refill casks. Mm-hmm. So it was from the, a distillery startup kind of way back in 03 when the distillery was first turning on after a long shutdown and they didn't have new casks. Like the truck hadn't arrived when they were restarting the distillery. So they were filling into used casks, you know, cause that's what they had. And I think they kind of figured, Hey, it's like a startup anyway. It's, you know, whatever, just put a used cask. And it's been sitting there it had been sitting there at the time for 16 years. And so it's a bourbon mash bill aged in refill casks, which is pretty mm-hmm. weird. 
for American whiskey. Right. Indeed. And it was really interesting to me. And really, I was like, this is a really cool liquid. It had this very interesting, especially you'll get it in particular if you add like a drop of water. It's like a savory, almost pretzely, brothy, slightly grainy note, which I, Mm -hmm. you know, considering its age, I was really surprised how much of that grain was still present. Sure, that it wasn't solid wood. Totally. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, but the refill casks, like I said, the lower proof in the Dining Style Warehouse, sure. you know, I don't know, by some magic of time, it still tasted like that. And I thought it was mm-hmm. really interesting. And it also had this kind of fruit note, like a bright, bright fruitiness that I was really excited by, like almost like a, almost like a raspberry-ish, you know. That's it. That's the note. Yeah, that is. As you, as you oh. pointed out. But I couldn't quite, like, you know, it wasn't really balanced, right, as it was on its own. And I was blending with a blending assistant, and she was hmm. talking about it. She's like, oh, you know, it kind of reminds me of a beer. It's like, you know, you're right. Like, it does remind me of a beer, and that's mm-hmm. a great way to think about how could we make it balanced, right? And mm-hmm. I thought about Goza-style beers mm-hmm. and how they balance that, like, savory and fruit notes, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then like, the two notes together kind of balance. Mm-hmm. To make Raspberry really- Goza. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. So. I went out and found some other whiskeys that were a little younger. So an 11-year-old Newcastle whiskey that had some really heavy fruit notes, you mm-hmm. know, the, sort of those specific like berry and pineapple kind of notes and blended that on top of it. And that's how we brought it into balance. And that's how you got this. Right. Oh, I think it's great. And I did right. just add some water and wow, that does make a difference. And both, it both ways. Both, are, doesn't it? And that's also mm-hmm. why such a low proof, because like kind of that oiliness, that savory character really comes out as you drop the proof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it's at 84 for the benefit of our listeners. It's yeah. at 84 proof out of the bottle. Right. And it's got some seriously nice legs, too, for being a lower proof. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised at how. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of whiskey, but light. I want it to be like, you know, it's like light and crushable and lovely and, I don't know, just mm-hmm. a fun whiskey to drink. It's what I think of when I think of Goza beer. Like, it's really complex, mm-hmm. but it's also like something that you would, I don't know, put fruit in and crack on a beach, you know? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well, speaking of beer, there's a bit of hoppiness <clears throat> to it. Yeah. But, of course, it's not distilled from drinking beer, so there are no hops in here, but it's got that note. Yeah, like a citrusy kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's surprisingly fresh, you know, considering the ages of the liquids in there, right? yeah. like an 11-year-old. And a Indeed. Yeah. Now, it was 16 years in refill casks, yes. so it couldn't be sold as bourbon by whoever made it. Exactly. That's right. Yep. So you more or less rescued this. You know, I mean, I'd like to assume that probably whoever came along would have noticed that this whiskey is delicious and belonged in a <laughs> bottle, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, take it. You rescued it. Come on. You know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> It's not nice on its. It was lovely on its own, but not exceptional, mm-hmm. you know. And that's, I think, what I'm kind of proud of having done with this one is like find a way to find the right inspiration to make it really balanced and lovely, as opposed to just interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm assuming you want to move to the second Cascade Moon before we move to the single barrel, since we're. That's what I would suggest. Okay. So the single barrel is pretty high proof, and some of them are really big punchers. So of course, mm-hmm. I don't know which one you have. But some of them are pretty big punchers. So I would definitely leave that one for last. We're working from a 100 mil bottle here, and there's yeah. very, very fine print. Yes. Yeah. No, it's oh. like, we don't <laughs> number the barrels individually. So honestly, okay. I mean, I have some notes from the like laser cuts and stuff. But so the Cascade number two, so the one that you have like the little vial of, yeah. mm-hmm. 
that one's interesting. It's a bit different in the long line of Cascade Moons, you know, once they exist, which of course they don't. Oh, that's beautiful smell. But I can tell you what's coming in my brain, which is not, most of them are thinking about the future. This one has sort of got its feet on both sides. So this is, he is thinking about the past and like kind of where we've gone, but treating it as like, you know, more asking the question of what's the legacy of the next 150 years going to be. So is that why you had it kind of come out towards the end of the year? So it would kind of coincide with all the Dickens Christmas Carol episodes that were coming out on the TV? A little Christmas present, Christmas past? I mean, the reason it's coming out towards the end of the year is because COVID is supply disruptive. But sure, that's a prettier story. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it matches better, right? You did it on purpose. A little ghost Christmas present and past? Yes. Absolutely. I definitely did that on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, now, I this, love the this, nose on this. This bottle. Now, Carrie, I know you don't have the bottle in front of you, but I have to ask this bottle, is this glass painted white or is this ceramic? It's ceramic. Oh, I can't wait till I get mine. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of brands, like a lot of the Heritage American brands, you know, there was these time periods where they were really into ceramic bottles and Dickel has a lot of them. And so I wanted to, you know, and of course you go back even farther and the whole like ceramic jug iconography comes up. So I was interested in using ceramic, kind of making that nod to the past, Mm -hmm. but doing it in a way that is, it's not a recreation of an 1870 bottle by any stretch it's mm-hmm. again like taking points of inspiration but really like future things because what's the point of bragging on your 150 year legacy if you're not thinking about the next one right and it says right there on the label 150 years of crafting tennessee whiskey george a dickel and co this is lovely yeah so it's celebrating yeah. our anniversary it's celebrating that this brand has existed for 150 years but i guess trying to do it in a way that like takes that as this is just the beginning. Yeah. Now, owners of whiskey bars will curse you because it's impossible to track inventory (laughs) (laughs) on a ceramic bottle. How much is in there? I don't know. Considering the price of this bottle, I'm going to guess that not a lot of it's going to get sold in bars. (laughs) Okay. All right. I think I saw somewhere. That begs the question then. How much is the suggested retail? $249.99? $250. $250. Okay. Whoa. Well, then I'm going to savor that when it gets here for sure. (laughs) It's a fancy whiskey. Oh, what's the difference in price between the first edition and the second edition? The first is 90. Okay. That's a fairly large difference. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to probably vary widely because I really am looking at it's honest pricing based on the cost and the markup. Okay. So I, there's probably going to be no consistency whatsoever because the liquids are going to cost different. And obviously the pack for this one, the bottle is ceramic. It's custom from this lovely artisanal producer in Mexico, sand, wet sandblasted to give it that kind of like aged feel and then dipped. It's, it's, there's quite a lot that went into making it. And then that label, the paper label that's on it was actually printed in a letterpress that was also from the 1800s. So, mm. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just really tried to build in a lot of like the history details in there, but in a way that like felt fresh. It has this pink blotting yeah. scattered all over it as well uh, that echoes the label. I have a feeling that just to mess with me, the agency is going to put pink on literally every bottle now. Forever. <laughs> so, are you as anti pink as I am? I'm like, don't make me wear pink. Don't. I was in a wedding once and I had to wear like a coral pink dress. I'm like, you know, I can never wear this again. Like, because yuck, it's pink. Yeah, I'm a New Yorker. Like, I wear black from head to toe mostly, but. I, for the record, look fabulous in pink. <clears throat> I believe you. Oh, that's what you think. That's what you think. <laughs> Just kidding. So Just I've kidding. Been, so I've but been. no, he does. He wears bright pink and bright orange all the time. I do. Well, these whiskeys are for you. So the liquid in that bottle is also exciting. 
which I know, again, it doesn't say a ton on the label because, of course, I don't. Does that have a QR code? Um, I think it does. I'm pretty sure it does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I believe it does. Yeah. It does. There's a QR code. Philip, if you want to take a snapshot of that and send it to me, I would love to look that up. Sure. Okay. I'm reasonably confident that it does. It um, does. And so that was, it tells you a little bit about the bottle and how it's made and then the whiskey. So I, you know, I was just talking about that startup back in 2003. So the first, you know, they filled all these refill casks and then when they got their shipment of new barrels in, the first new barrel that they filled, you know, all the distillery workers that were there at the time signed. Oh, wow. And so that barrel is what I built the blend around for this release, you know, so mm-hmm. trying to celebrate you know, the people that make George Dickel what it is, obviously, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. all the folks that work there. A lot of them still were working there, which is was really exciting. And we, you know, gifted all of the workers a bottle of this so that they could, you know, enjoy and appreciate it. But so that um, it's all from that year. So there, it's all 17-year-old. Yes. Now you say this is 17-year-old juice? It is. It okay. is. And I know it seems maybe a bit odd to go to that before the 15-year-old, but I really, I wanted something really kind of exquisite uh, mm-hmm. you know, for this, movie, obviously. And I think it's actually surprisingly, again, sort of light and balanced. It is. This is a fantastic dram. Well, I can attest to that. I snuck a sip yesterday. When you were getting my samples ready? When I was pouring <laughs> the sample. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, it's all that. Now, the nose on this is so strikingly different from edition number one. Yes. It's a different whiskey. So it's an entirely, so this one is, all of this would qualify. This one is technically a Tennessee whiskey. Mm-hmm. So it meets all the bourbon and Tennessee whiskey standards. Mm-hmm. It kind of tastes like a cross between a scotch and a bourbon to me. Yeah. You know what? I'm so glad you said that. I swear. Yay, I'm not I wrong. Not that. <laughs> but something I always find really interesting about Cascade Hollow is there's a lot of like, inspiration is maybe even too strong of a word but you know i spent time over here i guess i'm thinking about it because i'm in scotland now there's a lot of things about the distillery that remind me of scotch whiskey distilleries the look and feel of the place to begin with but also like the lower entry proof you know the longer aging the those single story warehouses the open fermentation like there's just there's a lot about it that's evocative you know mm-hmm. the period in which it was built where a lot you know a lot of scotch whiskey distilleries were built in the 60s like it reminds me and definitely, I think about that when I think about Cascade. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, please note, the portmanteau of bourbon and scotch would be botch. <laughs> so we probably don't want to run with that as a marketing scheme. Okay. Pro tip. Good. Yeah. No, we don't want to talk. No, that's that's worse than like, what is it? J- no, oh, ben- Benefer. Was that what they Oh, were? Benefer. That's worse than that. Yeah, that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is fantastic. So I can't wait till my bottle comes and I'm going to have to actually control myself on drinking it. No, it's really good. Thank you. I'm really proud of it. Wow, wow, wow. I wish I still had some of your bottled and bond so I could decide which one was my favorite because I really liked that one too. But so far. Yeah, it's, they're different. But I mean, bottled and bond's a pretty big whiskey. Yeah. But hopefully out of some of this, people will start to see like a bit of a theme on the things that I'm trying to make, which is always, I think, trying to create things that are lovely and beautiful and balanced and not just like, it's old whiskey. Here you go. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question. How many of these barrels, or do you know, or are you allowed to say, were, did they leave that they have sitting there that they had all these refill barrels to start with? Like, was it like hundreds of thousands? Was it hundreds? Was it like 20? No. Good question. I don't know the number off the top of my head. It was not 20 and it was not hundreds of thousands. <laughs> so we dumped 
I think like 40 to make the original Cascade Moon. Mm -hmm. And I didn't use all that liquid, right? So we dumped the ones I wanted. I blended off some of it. Some of it's still in totes. I'm going to do something fun with that. But I have more. So I'm not being cagey. I just don't know the number. But like it's a couple different lots, maybe a couple hundred. Okay. Yeah. So this will be coming for a while then. So we'll have a little bit. I'll probably do different things with it. Yeah. So Cascade Moon number one, like that one, you know, I blended it with some 11 year old that was really fruity. Right. That's how you got that Goza inspired beer. You know, I could do other things with it, blend it with other things. Mm-hmm. Right. What I'm saying is you have stock to play with for some time. I do. Okay. I have so many things to play with. This is Shillery. I can't wait till COVID's over and we can come visit you. I really, really can't. Oh, yes. Yes. This is such a delightful place. Trust me, this is only the beginning. All right. I'm going to open my single barrel now. Mm -hmm. And I, again, we don't know which one it is because there's no number on it other than the 15 years. Truly, they are massively different. I will tell you that there's creme brulee on the nose. Yeah. Well, there might be on yours. Let me check mine. (laughs) (laughs) They're really different. They can be really different. Hmm. I guess that could be creme brulee. There could be. It's definitely desserty. It's creamy. It's toasty. Yeah, I definitely get some toast. I think we might be on the same same, uh, batch. All right, let's take a taste here. Woo! Yeah, that's got some kick. It's a big one. Those will be, so also you should check your proof because these are bottled at different proofs. Mm. I'm. Doesn't say approved. It does not say. (laughs) I think these. We're having a 300 proof right now that nobody else is going to get. I think these are media only, not for resale. Hundred mils. Yes. Okay. There is no. There is no nothing beyond uh, 15 years Tennessee single barrel. Okay. Well, so that could be as high as like I think 103 something. Okay. So what we did. There's quite a bit of variability at this age and proof. So some of them come out high and some of them have come out as low as like in the mid 80s. So I did not want to dilute the whiskeys. You know, these are like really old, lovely whiskeys. So I didn't want to dilute them. Mm-hmm. I want to dilute them as much, little as possible. This and is not in the mid 80s. I will tell you that. Yeah, I bet not. <laughs> Especially when you're trying things like toffee and stuff as well. But the whiskeys, they vary quite widely. So and it's not really practical at, you know, a distillery at our scale to be like handwriting proof on all of them, which of course is what we would have done at Kings County if we were making like 30 cases, but that's mm-hmm, not really right. practical mm-hmm. at the scale. So what I did was pick uh, six different proofs based on the averages of what I had seen. And there, so the single barrel is bottled at six different proofs. So when we pull a barrel, they measure the proof and basically pick the appropriate one that's like the opposite of prices, right? Rules. It's like closest without going. <laughs> <laughs> you know right right <laughs> i just added some water to this and oh wow that yeah it, it brought down the burn and i got really really some nice flavors out of that so i have a feeling we have one of the hundred ish yes we do pretty hot. yeah we do oh. this is north of 100 i'm sure we started at the top mm. so and i'm sure we sent those to you kind of early on so those two yeah we've had this one for a while oh it's lovely i really like yes. it i'm not it's been aging in place Yes, I'm not usually a person who adds water regularly, but I do when I'm tasting. Yeah. Yeah. And then if it's one that I know that I like with water, then I make a mental note so that I get water. Yeah, likewise. I'm not big on whiskey corretto. Okay, now I'm going to go back and taste all three again and see which one I think I like. After you've been tasting that single barrel, you're going to go back to the Cascade Moon Edition 1 and be like, where'd the whiskey go? (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Yes, I didn't order the fruit salad. Right? (laughs) Ugh. 
You know what? I kind of feel like I like the first one better now that I've tasted the other ones. Really? Like, well, you know, when you put some, it's like, you know, brush your teeth in orange juice. Like when you put something <laughs> else on your palate, yeah. then you still have something there. So it can either enhance your next flavor or it can not <laughs> enhance your next. I know what I'm having for breakfast. Well, then in that case, I highly recommend that people go out and buy all three. Yes. And taste them in order. And they should. Indeed. Works out well. Indeed. And then come back. Yes. Around. And then go back. Okay. So now I got to. What is the MSRP on the single barrel? Good question. Fifty nine ninety nine. Wow, that's a bargain. Yeah. So 60, 90, and 250. That's right. Okay, great. Okay, and of course, I'm going to like the 250 the best. The standard Dickel expressions, just for the benefit of our listeners, what's the range there, including bottled and bond? Yeah, so we start at twenty two ninety nine, mm-hmm. and then typically the twelve is like anywhere twenty four is like mid twenties, mm-hmm. and then the barrel select varies, but it's usually in the low forties. Mm-hmm. Bottled and bond should be right around forty dollars, mm-hmm. and then the single barrel is usually the nine year old single barrel, which is one that's been out, is usually right around fifty dollars, and then this will be right around sixty dollars. So that's kind of mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, it's official. What it is. What's official, Carrie? The whiskey edition number two, Cascade Moon number two, is my favorite. And of course, because it's the most expensive, that's why it's my favorite. Got, so I'm going to have taste, to save like. money for it. It's always the way. You know, isn't it? I do the exact same. I go into any store anywhere. I'm like, oh, I like that. Oh, that's the, yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one that costs a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did just come into a, a small inheritance, so I guess I could put some money aside and maybe buy a few bottles. I'm Actually, I think I'm probably going to do that. That's fast, because I did not make that much, and it is going. I actually may try and make a little bit more. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Actually, the constraint was not the whiskey. We have a bunch of more whiskey than I needed because I kind of overblended. But actually, the bottle producer, so that ceramic bottle, um, this producer is like it's really small, and they could only make you know, like a thousand bottles. So I, ah. I'm going to do another bottling run in January to make a little bit more. Yeah. Originally we were scheduled to get these in November. Yeah. Yeah. And it became early December and then it became the week yeah. between Christmas and New Year. And then, well, here we are. Yeah. And then I still haven't gotten mine yet. So. <laughs> yeah. No complaints here. We're Carrie and I, I know we're very fortunate to have access to this, Yes. but that speaks to the supply issue. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to say, um, well worth the wait. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you. Because this, gosh, this dram. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the best whiskey I've had all year. <laughs> oh, my. Faint <laughs> praise, Nicole. I'm just, just saying. <laughs> oh, dick, yeah, that's, that feels right. <laughs> mm. Well, I will drink to that. Man, talk about that first bottled and bond creating like a ton of hype. I mean, geez, your first release goes out and wins whiskey of the year. Like, better live up. It was fantastic. Uh-huh. <laughs> Retire now. I went through your bottle and bond relatively quickly, and I wish that I could have controlled myself a little more because... Hey, man, whiskey's for drinking. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on the blend number, the bottle and bond. I'm working on the next release right now, and it's pretty good. So Fantastic. When do you expect that to be ready? We're aiming for March, but again, supply chains, who knows? That's the hope. Hey, you could make it a COVID anniversary (laughs) edition. Can we go ahead and not do that? Can we not mention <laughs> Just saying, you know. Year one of lockdown is over and we're celebrating with a new bottled and bond. <laughs> you can call it botch. <laughs> yeah, that's you. Yeah. You are, none of you are hired. Neither of you are hired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're looking for our own marketing team, so don't worry about it. <laughs> 
Yeah. So what's next? We know there's another bottled in bond. We know there are more Cascade yeah. Hollow editions coming. What's the take us farther? Yep. So both of those are coming out. I've got some other exciting things that I don't think I can tell you about. <laughs> there are more. There will be more. This, inter- this interview is over. Right. <laughs> um, I can tell you. Let's see. Okay. Can you tell us how many more? Oh, God. I mean, I don't know how. So the thing about Cascade Moon is like, it's kind of entirely at my whim. I guess right. you would say. So, I mean, many, as long as I don't have to okay. travel and I keep getting to spend time with whiskeys, I think they'll keep coming. Are we looking at finishes? No. No, no finishes. I wouldn't say never, but I think they're a little overdone. You know, I'm okay. trying to be a little more creative than that. Mm-hmm. So I don't think so, but maybe different blends. There's also, of course, some whiskeys that I, you know, everything I released to date obviously has been blends of whiskeys that were already maturing, you know, at the mm-hmm. distillery when I got there. but. I've been there now for more than two years, so soon you should start to see some things that have actually been distilled under my direction. Okay. All right. Yay. So those are going to be coming out. Okay, good. Uh, or at least they'll, they'll start um, coming out. And I also, I mean, I'm sure you've heard me go on and on and on about how Tennessee whiskey is bourbon. Yes. Yes. You know, I think we might talk more about that this year. Good. So when do you come back to the States? Who knows? But the aim would be in about two weeks. Okay. <laughs> I have a flight book. Unless they close the borders and say nobody can travel because COVID got really bad. Exactly. Who knows? Well, did you get in before the UK lockdown? I got in right before the lockdown. Wow. Yeah. So you're having a great time. I am. So you were there for Christmas then? Right after Christmas. I got oh, here. Right. It's, I, I am actually. I love it here. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, take some pictures and send them to us and we'll put it on our website and say this right. is compliments of Nicole Austin. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Fantastic. <laughs> it was great having you guys. Yes, it's always a pleasure having you on. Likewise. Likewise a pleasure. And I got nothing else. This has been a delight. Yes. We love your creativity and we love the flavors that you bring out of the whiskeys that you have. Thank you. And you are very easy to fill an hour with. For sure. Thanks. This is fun. Same to you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. All right. Well, you have a great vacation. I will. Thank you so much. Cheers. All right. Have a good one. Travel safe. Bye. Bye bye. World of Wheezy is up next. Stay with us. Hey, do you like whiskey, food, and adventure? I do. Hi, I'm Carrie. I'm Philip. I'm Louise. I'm the chef. Chef Louise Leonard as in our World of Wheezy segment host here on the podcast, and Whiskey, A Chef's Journey. That chef. That's right, the project that started this very podcast. The series stars our very own chef, Louise Leonard, winner of Emmy-winning The Taste on ABC. And explores and connects the worlds of whiskey and food, city by city, country by country. Would you like to see this spirited culinary adventure on a TV near you? Well, you can by helping us finish the pilot episode through our crowdfunding campaign. For more information, including behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and incentives. And to make a pledge, visit our website, whiskeyachefsjourney.com. Or search for our campaign, Whiskey A Chef's Journey, at gofundme.com. That's gofundme.com now. Well, I think it's a cheers to that. (laughs) Let's. Cheers. Cheers.
Hey, Louise, so nice to have you back. I just got off the phone with Nicole Austin and Philip, and we talked about three new expressions that she's put out, one for George Dickel and under new brand called Cascade Moon. So I dropped off the George Dickel, which was the single barrel, and then I also dropped off the Cascade Moon editions one and two. So what did you decide to do this week? Well, this week, Carrie, I was feeling a little frisky and I decided to do both of them. So I've got two pairings for you. Awesome. This week. You know, I'm well rested after the holiday break. So did you do both of the moons or did you do one of the George Dickel and one of the moons? I did one of the moons. I did the Cascade Moon Edition 2 and then I did the Dickel Single Barrel. Oh, fantastic. The the Cascade Edition 2 was my favorite of the three. Oh, so good. Yes, agreed. Uh, it was it was phenomenal. And so I figured, well, I definitely am going to use that one. Uh, and I loved, I, as I was reading about it, I was, I was really like loving, in their words, the description of it's as mellow as moonlight. Mm-hmm. And that really like painted a very clear picture for me, like as I was sipping it, mm-hmm. I felt it only right to make the timeless and traditional New Year's Day dish of black-eyed peas. It is that time of year. My mom is Southern, so it is something that, you know, we didn't necessarily have black-eyed peas every single year, but they, they were there from time to time. And I do now, as an adult, try to make a pot. I... I say I need to make a pot in January. So if it doesn't happen on New Year's Day, then it has to happen sometime in January. It's just like, you got to start off the new year this way. So of course I had to put my twist on it to pair with the Cascade Moon Edition too. So what I did is I made a pot of black eyed peas with a smoked ham hock, some greens. The greens that I used this year were collards that I grew in my garden. Nice. You can use any greens you want. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They were really good. They were, they, it felt special this year. You know, it feels special when you grow your own stuff. And then some cornmeal dumplings. Now I've done these a number of different ways. You can imagine a cornmeal dumpling to look like a dumpling you might see in chicken and dumplings, something large and fluffy. You can imagine a dumpling to look more like a spätzle, you know, if you would like. You could also imagine something made from masa. Uh, There is something called chochiotes. I know that I'm butchering that pronunciation. <laughs> it is a tiny little dumpling that has a thumbprint in the center oh, cute. Uh, made from fresh cornmeal masa. So that is also an option. You know, if you can imagine having a big old like brothy bowl with your black eyed peas, some chunks of the ham hock, some greens, some cornmeal dumplings in there. I like to garnish it up with a little bit of a chile de arbol salsa. Mm-hmm. And then if you are hanging on, hanging outside under the moonlight and a big fat glass of the Cascade Moon to wash it all back, I think you are starting off 2021 just right. That sounds fantastic. So what did you what did you pair and or make with the single barrel? Well, with the single barrel, I immediately picked up on the molasses, sorghum, treacle flavors. That that was like one of the first notes that I picked up. You know, oftentimes, I guess when I'm tasting something, if something like comes to me right away, then I kind of can't get that out of my head. Okay. So I started thinking about, okay, well, what do I enjoy with those flavors? And I love 
ginger. Molasses and ginger to me taste so good together. And I was thinking about, okay, well, how about if I was not sitting in my apartment in LA and I was somewhere where I could be cooking over an open fire and a hunter had just caught some small game bird. It could be a quail, a squab, a Cornish hen, a duck, you know, a pheasant, though they're not small, but I was imagining something small. Right. And cooking it over an open fire and making a glaze with molasses, orange, ginger, bourbon, you know, all of those kind of wintry flavors together. Mm, I would, yeah, I think it would be really nice. I'd serve it with a mash of yams, butter, and miso is something that I'm not sure many people think about when they cook yams or sweet potatoes, but miso just adds this really, really nice, salty, umami, pleasant flavor to the sweetness of yams. And then also a little bit of garlicky mustard greens and a good amount of vinegar, red wine vinegar, I would use in my greens. The only thing I, I think the only time I ever have miso is when it's at miso soup. I don't think I've ever actually just had miso with anything else. So I'd be very interested to see how that tastes with the yams and the butter. Yeah, miso is such a wonderful ingredient. You know, there's there's all different types of miso. There's mild, you know, there's milder misos, the white and the yellow, and then there's the darker red and brown misos that are have a much stronger flavor. But it's so versatile to use in so many things, and especially if you're trying to add a very savory quality to a dish and you don't want to add any meat products, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. trying to eat a non-meat meal or just trying to, you know, miso helps out a lot. And I, to me with sweet potatoes, it is so, so good because I never, I don't personally like sweet potatoes if they are made sweet. I don't get it. Uh, Yeah. I'm totally going to try this now. Next time I make, and I do have some yams. I I was going to make yams, but I just ran out of time. So I, I have yams. Well, and also I just had a thought to Carrie, especially um, because yams and sweet potatoes are so nutritious you know, I've I've done it where I've steamed the you can steam the sweet potatoes or yams, you know, in a pot. You don't have to turn the oven on. You can um, steam the yams and then even, you know, if you just in a little pan, put in some miso and some butter and just warmed it up. And, you know, I sometimes add a little bit of lemon or lime juice in there just to kind of brighten it up a little bit. And then you can just like pour that and it doesn't need to even be that much like we're talking you know a couple tablespoons of really good grass-fed butter and maybe a tablespoon of miso and then pour that over some steamed yams and now you have yourself like a really great side dish um for just any day of the week that sounds great yeah i think i think i will do that very soon since i have my yams available i just have to go get some miso Anyway, thank you so much for giving us all of your insight today on both the George Dickel Single Barrel and the the Cascade Moon Edition 2, both of which I found fantastic. For those of you who can afford to get the Edition 2, it's a gorgeous bottle, great tasting, and uh, you should get it. So there you go. And we will talk to you next time. I will talk to you all later. Thank you so much for being here. For show notes on today's podcast, please visit our website at spiritsofwhiskey.com. That's whiskey with an E. We'll include links and supporting documents from today's Whiskey Chronicles, as well as tasting notes and recommendations from today's World of Wheezy. As always, you'll see upcoming topics, a guest roster, and links to past shows. Thanks for joining us.
Until next time, Slantava. You can become a sustaining supporter of Spirits of Whiskey by making a monthly donation. Just visit the Spirits of Whiskey page at anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm forward slash spirits dash of dash whiskey and click on the support button. And if you really like us, give us a five star rating and a review. Thank you. Spirits of Whiskey is produced by First Real Entertainment and the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection, and is available via Anchor, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are heard.